Cuts it back. 40, 45, 50. He's off to the races. Down the left sideline. To the 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, Aaron Jones. Oh, what a play. This is the Quick Slants Podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to the Quick Slants podcast at Game on Wisconsin. Talking about a 3-0 Green Bay Packers team. Another week of fantastic stuff at Game on Wisconsin. We had happy hour with Maggie and Perry on Monday. Yesterday, we had the Jamal Williams show. And the show has a new sponsor, Lakefront Brewery, brewed in Milwaukee for people who like beer. So happy to have them on board. And Jamal is with Jimmy and Jacob every Tuesday. Don't forget the swag bag giveaway. It's a program that gives toys and bikes to underprivileged kids around the holidays. We have a GoFundMe page set up where you can help support Jamal's charity. And you'll find that link on the Game On Wisconsin Twitter page. Go check that out and do what you can to support it. Great show, great time, great conversation. And there might have been some furry friends that visited the show this past week too. We also had the Freezer Podcast on Tuesday. And later today we have Open Book and of course Lombardi's Bar. As is the case every Wednesday, your calendar is chock full of good stuff. You've got everything you could possibly want. And here I am with Quick Slant. So what more could you ask for, right? Okay, so back to it. The Packers are 3-0, and and it's time to say it out loud. This team is special. And it's okay. We can say it. Don't worry about the jinxes and that it's too early in the season. 3-0, and friends. A 3-0 and start in back-to-back seasons for the first time since the 1960s. And I think some of those Packers teams back then were pretty good, weren't they? Maybe? Thought I heard they were. 2020 is a weird year so far, but for the Packers, it's the best kind of weird it can be. There's no fans in the stands in Minnesota and New Orleans, two very tough road games that they got early in their schedule. We'll never know how different those games would have been with fans in the stands, but the Packers took full advantage of the quiet venues or quieter venues to get big wins on the road. And it still counts in the standing. So three and oh, right? No Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard steps up, has a career day. The big dog with, with a touchdown catch, stepping it up there. Kingsley Kiki with two sacks with no Kenny Clark. Jair Alexander has another great day. Another great night. Nearly had a game ceiling pick late that would have, Probably put him in the conversation for a really, really good year three that he is having so far. I think this is what we were hoping from Jair last year. It's coming in his third season, and he looks like he is rounding out to be a hell of a cornerback for the Green Bay Packers. And thank goodness that they have him because he's becoming one of the more sure members of that defense. You know, the Packers are just getting it done. It's about taking care of business no matter who's on the schedule. And the Packers are doing just that. It's not that the schedule is, is not made by the teams. It's, that's who they were given. This is who, who the league wanted them to play and when, right? So now we just have to hope for better health and, and no hiccups at this point moving forward each and every week. So we move on to, if we look ahead a little bit to next week, the Atlanta Falcons come limping into Lambeau Field on Monday night. And after another tough loss to this this time of the Chicago Bears, the Bears are also 3-0. and If you want to talk about Fun little storyline there. Chicago Bears fans don't think they're not going to take every chance to remind us that we're sharing first place, although the Bears do not have 
the two divisional wins like the Packers do. So technically, you could say the Packers are, I don't know, we'll call it a quarter game ahead of the Bears. It doesn't matter. The Packers are ahead anyway. But I mentioned that the Falcons coming limping in, and I think that's really more to do with their ego. They have some injuries as well. And Julio Jones did not play against the Bears. And even if he does play on Monday night against the Packers, it's it's not a game that they have any business losing. You know, this, the Packers simply cannot lose a game like this and then claim to be a Super Bowl contender in 2020 after what they've done so far in the short three games that they put together. For a while, even the Packers, you know, for a while, they always have that one baffling loss every season that just kind of makes you scratch your head. And I've seen some really baffling ones through all my years of following this team. I just, to name a couple off the top of my head, and I'm sure you're already thinking of some, but that loss to the Indianapolis Colts at 97, I don't think the Colts had won a game yet that season, and they, they beat the Packers. It was only one of three losses they suffered on their way to their second straight Super Bowl. That was that was a, a baffling one that just didn't make any sense. Uh, I, I remember, remember a couple of stupid losses in 1999. I think there was one of the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears late had a, had a win. You look last year, the Los Angeles Chargers beat the Packers, and the Chargers turned out to not be a very good team, but they handled the heck out of Green Bay. I mean, the Packers looked like, you know, they made they made the Chargers look like all world. So it just, it, it can't happen and can't have it this week, fellas. I'm, I'm talking to all the Green Bay Packers, and I know they're listening to this show right now. So cannot happen, can't have the letdown, can't have the the, the trap game, as they call it. Coming off a huge road win and looking ahead to the bye week after Monday night against the Atlanta Falcons. Just cannot have a brain fart. Because as advantageous as it's been for the Packers to have these quiet venues on the road, they will not have the Lambeau Field crowd to back them up when the Falcons come to play. And the Falcons are getting more and more desperate by the game. They're losing. Matt Ryan doesn't want to lose all these games. He's trying to solidify himself as a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he wants to win a championship. He was... He had one within his grasp. He could taste it a couple of years ago, and the Falcons went full meltdown and lost the Super Bowl to arguably the greatest coach of all time and one of the greatest teams of all time in the New England Patriots circa, we'll call it 2001 to 2017, 2018. All right, so the Falcons are looking to do some damage and get on the right track here. Head coach Dan Quinn's going to lose his job. If his team doesn't start winning some games soon, all those things are going to happen, and none of the Falcons wanted to, so they're going to play desperate. Desperate teams do desperate things, and that can be a dangerous opponent for any team, especially the Green Bay Packers. So the Packers just take your extra day's rest. They, they played Sunday night. They're going to play Monday night, so they get the extra day. Get ready. Take care of business. Get your win like you should at home. Use that bye week to get those who are dinged up ready to go. Christian Kirksey leaves the Saints game. And unfortunately, it sounds like he's going to be out a few games, according to what we was reported earlier this week. So he's not likely going to is not going to go against the Falcons for sure. But even coming off the bye, it's possible that he might miss a game or two coming off the bye week as well. But guys like Devontae Adams, Kenny Clark, any of the guys on IR who might be ready to return, it's a three-week, uh, it's a three-week option this year for injured reserves you've got Kamal Martin Equinemius St. Brown if, if the team decides to designate any of them maybe maybe they can come back and give this team a boost uh, for the middle of the schedule push and here's hoping that 
you know, during the bye week, as these guys travel home and do what they do during the bye week, that they're safe and avoid the bugaboos that can get a player in trouble off the field. And the biggest of, of which this year is obviously the COVID-19 and hoping that the Packers are able to stay safe and healthy because we had some tests, some players tests and staff test positive. The Tennessee Titans had some staff members and players test positive. They just played the Minnesota Vikings. So both teams had to close their team facilities for a little bit this week. And every day of the week is valuable if you're an NFL team when you're only playing once a week. Each day of prep is valuable. Whether they practice or not, they're doing something. If they have to shut down the facility and they can't get together, well, then they're missing either practice, film review, something that's going to help them get better. And these are the impacts and the things that the NFL and our and the fans did not want. Did not want to see. So here's hoping that this goes away quickly and is one of very few incidents once we look back on 2020. But getting back to the Packers, okay? I, I said it's okay to say it. This is a special team. They're 3-0. and There's some big things going on. You can just tell that they have a lot to offer. Aaron Rodgers is smiling. Matt LaFleur is setting records for winning early on in his tenure as head coach. Guys are stepping up with other guys out, having career days when the stars are down. I'm talking to you, Alan Lazard, who had one heck of a night against the Saints. Could have been a little bit better if he once again doesn't trip over his own feet a little bit. This team has some depth. It's great to see because attrition is real in the NFL. It's going to happen in the NFL. Ty Summers, first defensive snaps that he gets. Ty Summers gets on the field for the first time in two seasons. And listen, he's not lightning fast. He doesn't have very many snaps to his name. And he didn't look all world out there. But you can tell that Ty Summers has been taking his mental reps. He can at least hold it down while Christian Kirksey is recovering and until Kamal Martin gets back and if Oren Burks isn't going to play more snaps in the middle, which Burks did as well, then Ty Summers gets the nod. And he looks like he he looked like he belonged. And with more experience and more reps, and he, he was very critical of his own performance on Sunday. If you're going to be critical of yourself, that means you're going to try to improve and you can tell Ty Summers is that kind of guy. It's, it's one of those late round... Very, very you know, low risk, very high reward type of investments that the Packers made, and he did okay. He did okay. He didn't look good on the Kamara run, but there he was not by himself. I was not by himself on that. We'll talk about that in a minute after I'm done gushing about this team. Right? I mentioned Kamal Martin. He is is going to be a while before he comes back. I mean, you, you want him to come back. I mean, it boosts the depth in the middle middle of the defense with Kirksey hurt. Uh, you know, he came in with some injury concerns from his time in Cleveland. He gets hurt again. Now, come on, Martin, just like Ty Summers, man, he's going to have so much to learn and he's likely going to be swimming like most rookies are, you know, you're swimming as you're taking it in out there and, and trying to diagnose and the game is just moving at lightning speed. And until it slows down, it's tough, but the Packers are, are relying on some of this depth and the depth is coming through all the way from, from one of the oldest guys in the team. Mercedes Lewis is a backup tight end to Robert Tanyan, because Jay Sternberger is slowly working his way in. Sternberger had a nice catch in this past game. So the tight end position is kind of looking okay. I got to give a shout out also while we're talking about everything here to the guys that don't ever get any credit. The offensive line. They have been downright wallish. I don't I don't know if I can say that, wallish. But you know what I mean. I mean, no, no one is getting near 
Aaron Rodgers this season. No matter what combination of guys the Packers throw out there, they're not giving up sacks. The Lions got one on a blitz, and I believe the Saints also on a blitz. It was it was on a stunt of some sort. Rick Wagner has been okay at right tackle. There were some concerns about whether he could hold up and if he could be good at right tackle. Billy Turner makes his his, his first appearance. He came back. He was good at right guard. You know, he did, a, he did a decent job at the right guard spot, so he reclaims his right guard duties. The line is doing well against some good defenses. Or, I mean, if you don't believe in the Vikings defense anymore because they're 0-3 and it looks like their season is, um, it's not going to turn out how many of the so-called experts said that it would. And those same experts who said that the Vikings were going to win the NFC North and be Super Bowl contenders this year, which, again, could you tell me why? Even four weeks ago, tell me why. But if you don't believe in them, the Packers, they, they beat a good defense in, in the New Orleans Saints in their own building. No fans in the stands. But look, you play the games that are on your schedule. And that's what the Packers did. And they won a big game on Sunday Night Football. Handed Sean Payton and Drew Brees their first loss as a tandem on Sunday Night Football. If you didn't know that, now you do. Which is pretty cool. It's a pretty, pretty awesome thing. What was not awesome, and maybe I should have talked about this first so I could have ended on the gush. But what was not awesome was defensively, the fundamentals were lacking. And I'm not just talking about the Camaro run. Everyone knows about the 50-some the yard prance into the end zone. That was, that was really disappointing. That was, that was Dan Connolly in 2010 returning a kickoff level bad. And, and those, are, those are not the same type of player. Dan Connolly is an offensive lineman who just happened to scoop up the ball and run almost all the way back for a touchdown against the Packers on a kickoff, which is still absolutely mind-boggling to me. It's Alvin Kamara. He's very dynamic. He's very fast. But the Packers had many chances. They had six chances to get him down. In fact, there was a guy there at the point. And that play is a big, fat zero if you just wrap up and tackle. And instead, he gets into the end zone. Those are the kind of things that are going to kill a team at the wrong time. And that's not what we want to see with happened with the Packers. So as good as it was to get to get a win in New Orleans, et cetera, we, we have to talk about the defense. They've, they have done some good things through the first three games, but just the head-scratching stuff. You know, last year, the defense was the heart and soul of this team. Zadarius Smith, Preston Smith, guys posing after big plays, after big turnovers, the karate kick celebrations, all of that stuff, the energy, just Kenny Clark, everybody, Adrian Amos, everyone, just, you know, the train, the D-train. All over the field. This season, it's like we're watching slow-mo. Guys are late to the ball. They're not wrapping up. There's no sense of urgency. The defensive backs have had have done okay. I mentioned Jair Alexander. Jair's putting together a nice season so far, but it, they're, they're still taking some rough angles. Darnell Savage, a little, little iffy at times as he continues to ascend into what hopefully is going to become a really good safety because the Packers need him. Adrian Amos has not been anything near what he was last year this season. He's had some struggles so far. He has not looked great at all. Everyone took a bad angle on that long run. I mean, Kamara was walking at one point. Walking. So frustrating to me. I thought the play was going to get whistled dead because at one point he kind of stopped running and it's like, oh, did someone just whistle this this play dead? No, he was just slowing down to get behind his lead blocker and then just, just pranced his way into the end zone because nobody could tackle him. I can't ever get behind bad tackling. And, and not, nobody's going to, but... I will not excuse it like some will. 
I mean, there's always one or two in the crowd out there who want to make excuses for why it's okay for a team to show that on tape and perform that way in a football game. It's not. Tackling is the name of the game. When you're on defense, you have one job. Get the ball carrier down. Don't let him in the end zone. Both things failed on that play. Again, Alvin Kamara, very athletic, very slippery. He's not that good. Come on. Somebody could get him down. The worst part is, you know, like I said, should have been stuffed at the point of attack. And then, of course, what happens? If you don't, if you don't do your job the first time, you know, if, if you don't, it's kind of like what John Wooden used to say. If you, if you don't do it right the first time, when will you have time to do it again? So, or something like that. Somebody will correct me on the exact wordage of that, but you know where I'm going with that. Friends, tackling is an attitude. It's, it seems like it should be automatic, and, and these are pro players, and yes, it's a fundamental part of the game. It is an attitude. Teams that want to do it and refuse to give up anything are going to tackle. They get the ball carrier down, and they get them down quickly. There are very few Super Bowl teams who have waltzed into the game with a defense where tackling was optional. Now, there have been some Super Bowl teams whose defense was not great, and maybe they weren't great tacklers, and maybe they still won a championship, but it's rare. It's not the recipe that you necessarily want to walk in there with. The Packers simply have to be better, and with practices already severely limited, I have no idea how they're going to work on it, but they have to get better. They just have to. You know, later in the game, there was another play where Shannon Sullivan meets Alvin Kamara and he wraps up and he drives through him and it was like the perfect form tackle. And all of a sudden it's like, do you see when you decide to do what you're coached to do and what you've been coached to do all your life? Well, look at that. You make the play, right? So it's it's not it's not something that is just going to fix itself. They have to commit to it and they've they've got to make it happen, and they've got to make it a priority. Now, some of you, if you're still listening, have turned this thing off by now because I'm still harping on something that didn't cost the Packers a game. Uh, And for those of you who don't know me, I have the hills that I'll die on, and one of them is bad tackling. I've, I've In seasons past when the tackling was bad, I could not accept it. Just absolutely could not accept it. Remember 2011, that stupid run, LeGarrette Blount, when he was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and just, I mean... Go, go go Google that. YouTube it. Look it up. So dumb. And that's a defense that's got Tremont Williams, Charles Woodson, all kinds of great players. That was the, the coming off the Super Bowl season. And the, the Packers still went 15 and 1. And they just they had they had things like that. It's just it didn't cost the Packers the game this past week, but it's going to. These are the things we've seen bite this team in their happy little butt in the past. And when does that usually happen? Yeah, in the postseason. Right? Don't let it get to the point where this team misses out on going to the Super Bowl because they didn't wrap and tackle a guy. They let him prance into the end zone, and lo and behold, the other guys have the confetti falling on them, and the Packers are walking off the field, brushing it out of their face. Okay, You want to talk about like ruining a season because you can't, can't tackle? I'm talking to you, 2017 Saints, the Minnesota Miracle. It happens. But don't let it, though, Packers. Don't let it. Wrap and tackle. Okay, so back to the Atlanta Falcons Monday night. Then the Packers have the bye week. They've got some good things ahead of them. Hoping they, they get there relatively injury-free, the Packers do, and, and to the bye, and they can grind on once they get back from the rest. You know, they'll have quite a bit of, of season left to get to. But again, this team is deep. They're having fun. I'm having fun talking about it. And I just wanted to kind of celebrate the the, the things that are the Green Bay Packers. I've wanted to 
really acknowledge and kind of anoint this team special. And I said to myself, if they beat the Saints, I don't care what the situation is or what goes on. They're special, and we're going to talk about it, and we're going to say it because how often are we going to get that opportunity every season? They're not going to start 3-0 and every season. And now they've got a, a Falcons team coming in that they should beat. I mean, they're, they're, we're starting to look at the schedule now, and, and, and there's no longer any team on the schedule that the Packers can't potentially go in and beat. And that includes the San Francisco 49ers on a short week Thursday night football. The Niners are dealing with some injuries. They're not the world beaters that they were last season. The Super Bowl loser typically has quite the hangover, statistically speaking, and the 49ers are doing everything they can to keep that fact a truth. So take advantage of another road situation where maybe there aren't as many fans and a team that's a little bit down and go beat them. Go beat them because every team that you beat is another team that's probably going to have to come play in your building in the playoffs in January. And we all know what the temperatures are like in Green Bay, Wisconsin in January, right? All right. I'll shut up now. I will let you get back to your day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Quick Slants podcast. I really appreciate it. You can check out our site, gameonwi.com. All the great content leading up to the game, on game day, after the game, and the morning after and the days after. We've got gambling. We've got fantasy football. We've got rankings. We've got all kinds of stuff for you. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Like our Facebook page. Join our Facebook group. Subscribe to YouTube. Our live shows will stream to wherever you want to go to find them. You pick. They'll be there. Our podcasts can be found wherever you find podcasts. So now you know. And you can't say I didn't tell you. So get over and check out Game on Wisconsin. All sorts of great content. Everybody, enjoy the rest of this week. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Hopefully the Packers are heading into the bye week 4-0. and And I'll be ready to talk about it next week. And I'll be in an alternate location that I'm excited to talk about a little bit. And I will break that down a little bit at the beginning of next week's show. So everybody have a great rest of the week. Be safe, as always. Go Pack Go. Rodgers fakes the handoff. Quick throw right side. There's Devontae from right to left. Cutting left to the 50, to the 45, 40. Track down from behind. 